0: Pointers and Pomeranians. Alert the masters to the presence of strange sounds. Roll in that fabulous new dirt perfume. And why won't you help me express my anal glands?
1: Because it's time to talk tall (laughs) to me. You know, I spent time as a dog groomer. Oh. I refused to have any part of the anal glands. Yeah. For the record. I mean. That's why I put that line in. I refused to get paid for it. I did it just for fun. <laughs> Welcome back. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick
0: McGill. Together, we are Feckless Moms.
1: And this is Talk Told Me.
0: A nice little walk in the tall grasses of Prague Rock, in which Newfoundland Nick and Otterhound Omen proud in our shiny new collars, will tirelessly and thoroughly sniff out each and every song recorded by multifaceted band Jethro Tull. We will dig up buried bones in the early 70s, chase squirrels through the forests of the folk period, and if you are listening at this stage, we've probably already peed on your leg.
1: Yes. Uh, sorry, not sorry. It's just, just the welcome. way it goes. Yeah, you signed up for it. Nick, hi! Hi, Omen. Welcome. Welcome back. Another another week. Another track off of Heavy Horses.
0: That's right. This is the first song after the flip, the mid vinyl flip.
1: That's right. That is right. Just track track one, one B B one, off of Heavy Horses. We're going to be talking Rover, but we have a little info prior to doing so. Little news. Little news. I was doing a little little poking around, a little research, and turns out that very oddly flew under the radar when Ian announced silent singing back in, oh gosh, uh, early March.
0: Which is, for anyone who doesn't know, a book that he is uh, compiling all of his lyrics in.
1: That's right. Compiling all of the lyrics from, from Tull. They also announced that Tull will be releasing a new album.
0: Yeah, rather unexpected.
1: The first new album in nearly 20 years. Yeah. To read from the Rolling Stone article in which it is announced, the album is called The Zealot Gene, first of all, which sounds exactly like something from Ian Anderson at this point. Yep. To quote, there's a line in The Zealot Gene, the title track which says, Bee buzzing in your bonnet, and a wasp right up the bum, a V8 underhood, a cocked hammer under thumb, Anderson tells <laughs> Rolling Stone. It's about getting your knickers in a twist, we would say, getting hot and bothered and agitated. I'm not a Twitter guy at all. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. But we know who is the arch-Twitterer of recent years. Oh, no. Wink. Which was both a success and, ultimately, his downfall. It's that kind of vehemence or zealotry which comes with a point of view and wanting to indoctrinate people with a very polarized and divisive view. There's a little bit of that in all of us. We all have that capability. Wow. The Zealot Gene will be Tull's first album in nearly 20 years, their last being a Christmas album that arrived in 2003. Anderson has been steadily releasing solo records in the interim, though, with Homo Eraticus arriving in 2014. The musician says he doesn't know when Tall's new album will be released, but he's about three-quarters of the way through recording it. The band started working on it in 2017. Hmm. The lyrics to the songs from The Zealot Gene will still be included in silent singing, though, despite not being officially released at the time of publication.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So many interesting things going on in that excerpt, Nick. Yeah. I mean, the big news is that Tull is coming out with a new album, which is kind of massive and and actually throws our plans into disarray,
1: doesn't it? It's pretty monumental. And we'll see if it's out before we finish the podcast. I reckon (laughs) it will be.
0: I it will be. And if not, I guess we'll just have to come out of uh, retirement. That's for, right.
1: For that. We will. We certainly will to do those episodes. But it certainly throws a wrench in the whole, what did I say, 300 episodes even?
0: Yeah. 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 It's okay. It's okay.
1: For this, it's okay, for sure. Yeah. And we also have, I think you have a quote, is that right? Or a little excerpt from from one of your books? I do. Actually, I
0: want to save that until after we listen to the song. Oh, okay. I think it's song relevant.
1: For listeners, I I will include a URL in the show notes for that Rolling Stone article about the zealot gene.
0: Yes. We await it with baited ears.
1: Bait those ears.
0: I put cheese in my ears. Does it work? As bait. Yep. The mice come straight in
1: and then your ears consume them full of mice full just just lousy with mice <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will save the excerpt for a little later on, but let's listen to the track at hand today then, this week,
0: which is, Nick,
1: it is Rover.
0: I really like this one. I'm excited.
1: It's pretty fun. Let's give it a let's give it a toot. <laughs> common phrase. <laughs>
0: So, Nick. hmm. There we have Rover.
1: There it is. There is my little boy running around, happy, <laughs> wagging his tail. And then there's the song, too. It's good to and see then you. And then on there's that. the song, yeah. <laughs> on
0: your kind of classification of yes, no, maybe, uh, is this a song that you like, Nick, personally?
1: It was never a song that terribly wowed me. It never bow-wowed you? never bow-wowed me leading into our, like, dissection of the album. It, it was always one that was kind of hit or miss with me, and, like, I could breeze past it. Because the the songs that really wow, wow me in this album are so strong. But having listened to it a handful of times in the, the past, like, couple hours, and really looking at the lyrics, like, it's a good song. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, it has moved up from Matt to, yeah, this is one of the solid songs on this album.
0: I mean, uh, for me, you know, this album is very special to me. I really, I really love it as a whole, and so it's difficult to say. It's diffi- I mean, I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to to say what my least favorite one was on here because I like mm. them all. Mm. But this is one of the ones that gives me the chills
1: on yeah? my skin. That that potent for you.
0: It is uh, okay. uh, for a combination of reasons, the content, the guitar, the, just the sound of it, the driving, the tambourine, the incessant nonstop tambourine. Oh, my God.
1: Nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. They, they created a tambor- tambourine robot that just jiggles. That's it.
0: <laughs> they brought a washing machine and <laughs> taped the tambourine to it.
1: Yeah. Everything else about the washing machine is sound dampened, but there's a microphone on the tambourine. On the tambourine. So, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: No, I, I love this song. And I'm uh, and I'm excited to talk about it.
1: Yeah, musically, it is. It's darn solid. It's a lot like German. It's a lot like Journeyman I feel where Germanman, Germanman. It's a lot like Germanman. <laughs> yeah, that there's a sound here that's very not not very tall up until this point. It's got. I don't. I can't quite put my finger on it. But maybe it's just the fact that we've had half of heavy horses in all of songs to really get into that folk feel. hmm. But it's also that perfect little sandwich like Journeyman we said last week. it's it's smack dab in the middle of this folk trio and Journeyman really takes you out of that sound. Well, technically, Rover is also smack dab in the middle because one is on one end side of the cusp and the other yeah. is on the other. And and we get that feeling. And then what's after this is one brown mouse, which goes back into that folk sound.
0: Yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought up Journeyman because I feel like these two songs are appropriately placed in terms of the, you know, the end of side A, the beginning of side B. Yeah. Because I feel like they're almost mirror images of one another, or one of them is a what's that thing when you take a, a picture on film? A negative. A negative, yeah. One is the negative image of the other in not so much musically, al- although Journeyman has that slower driving pace, whereas Rover is almost frenetically driving.
1: The energy of a dog, yeah. The energy
0: of a literal doggy. Yeah, yeah. But also content wise, you know, the theme of Journeyman is being forced, being trapped in an endless cycle of transportation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the theme of Rover, one of the themes of Rover, is the undeniable desire and impetus to break free. Slipping off the chain. Slipping off the chain. Yeah. It's yeah. it's I don't know. I, I love the combination of these two songs. Yeah.
1: And and also in comparison with a counterpart song on side A, side A, the first track is Mouse Police. It's about a, it's about a cat. Yeah. And Side B, first track, is about a dog.
0: And I have read, Nick, that this song was at least partially inspired by Ian Anderson's dog.
1: Yes, I saw that too, yeah.
0: As Mouse Police was partially, more entirely inspired by his cat. So he's really, you know, he's reveling in this, in the, the new possibilities that, that his country life have afforded him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Pet ownership.
1: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the only reason he moved out, yeah. It's a good reason. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad.
0: Now, Nick, I must admit that I am at a disadvantage while, when talking about this song because I have never owned a dog.
1: That's true. Your brother has owned a dog. But my brother has several dogs. That's the extent of it.
0: I've been a dog uncle. A duncle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some very special dogs in my life. Mm-hmm. Fraggle, the dog, who now lives in Santa Fe, is a very special dog to me. Uh, Yuki, your dog, I have less of a developed relationship with, but I but I respect her.
1: She mindlessly and unconditionally loves you.
0: I just, I figured that was her reaction to everyone. It is, it is, it really is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great,
1: great. As long as I'm not special. I did grow up with dogs. I've always, I've always had dogs. There was a stint right after college when we were bouncing from an apartment to, to apartment and working very low wage jobs that we Mm. didn't have a dog, but I mean, I grew up with one and then we got Yuki some 10 years ago or something at this point. So yeah, my sweet little pity. So yeah, we're coming at it from two different views, but I think ultimately we're honing in on the same point because this is, for lack of a better phrase, this is kind of like stereotypical. He is describing a dog here and we kind of know that feeling. It's like the dog from Up. What's his name? Mm. Doug? Yeah. Is it Doug? No, yes. Yeah. I
0: think it is. I agree. There's a very dog-inspired dynamic musically with this song. And mm. let's talk a little bit about the music.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That intro is really One solid. my
0: favorite Martin dee So bar
1: good.
0: <laughs> I actually used to think, well, I have now concluded that that sound is mostly martin with some added glockenspiel
1: oh yeah there's glockenspiel no the clock is is wood isn't it
0: glockenspiel I, is wood i think oh, this I one's xylophone oh, no no marimba's wood oh glockenspiel is Glockenspiel
1: yeah metal so it's it's glockenspiel there's the guitar i think there's at the same time as the guitar i think there's keyboard in there doing the same thing
0: yeah but i used to think it was just keyboard or glock
1: Oh, no, yeah, I, there's, there's... I didn't
0: realize that he that Martin is playing such intricate little arpeggiated yeah, phrases on the guitar.
1: Plucks and twangs, yeah. Mm. And then the bass comes in, then it, yeah. it, it stops, it drops out, and then we get that really pretty acoustic with some drum hits on the toms, and it goes into Ian's, Ian's flute. We get some good solid flute trills in this one.
0: We do. We also have some nice examples of Ian and Martin working hand-in-hand hand, mm. flute in flute and string together with some uh, unison phrases between Mm. them. Mm -hmm.
1: This is another instance of Martin not being the backbone here. Like he's kind of zipping in and out. He's really just kind of riffing it
0: he's the muscle he's he's not the bone he's the
1: muscle there you go yeah yeah absolutely
0: it is in as far as I can tell four four time okay but a pretty peppy four four
1: it's very peppy
0: this has one of my very favorite transitions from verse to chorus in tall
1: yeah it's pretty seamless the yeah.
2: bottom
0: I believe it goes from minor to major with that chorus. Okay. And just the lift that it provides.
1: Yeah.
2: One road is the rainbow, and the pot of gold lies there.
1: Yeah. It's primo folk voice at this point. Oh, yeah. It's got that that scratchy, scratchy sound. It's got his
0: head stuck in the fireplace for a couple of days before recording this.
1: It's very effective. It's very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that chorus a lot. The lyrics as well, lyrical content of that, that chorus is just, it's so pretty. This is a very pretty song.
0: Yeah. I'm sure we can bring up more musical things as we go on. Mm-hmm. There is a grammatical thing that I want to point out. Please. Ian refuses to dangle a participle. You will find no dangling participles. Nah, not a one. I believe what I... The, the thing that inspired me to write that on my note card was... Uh, now I don't know. Something somewhere. Something somewhere. Let me pull up the lyrics. Scream, scream, do do As the Robin craves the summer to hide his smock of red, I need the pillow of your hair in which to hide my head.
2: As the Robin craves the summer to hide his smock of red, I need the pillow of your hair in which to hide my head.
1: Not to hide my head in. Yeah, I get it. I'm okay with it. And I appreciate that. But maybe it was also just to rhyme red and head. I don't think it was a matter of, like, I cannot split Well, it could have been,
0: uh, as, the, as the guppy craves the seaweed in which to hide his fin, I need the pillow of your hair to hide my head within. Okay. Tur- tune into our other podcast, <laughs> Rap Tull Rewrites with Me, in which Nick and I make Ian Anderson's writing
1: worse. I like it, but... That leads me to the question, explain, why does the robin crave the summer to hide his smock of red?
0: To revel in it, not to, to hide in an old-fashioned sense, to, to dive into, to immerse oneself in. The robin is, if in a medieval sense, generated by summer. Its existence is dependent on summer.
1: I mean, I get that, but the, it's the verb to hide that I'm confused on.
0: The light didn't scan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To pride, to pride his his coat of red. Yeah, that works. We're gonna I like fix that. this, Nick.
1: We're gonna fix. Th- we're gonna fix this whole song. We're gonna send these rewrites to, to Ian soon. Hey,
0: yeah, uh, Ian. We gotta. We heard
2: you're publishing your new lyric book. We got a few suggestions <laughs> before you print it.
1: Here, uh, g- drop. This hey, you in might want to take a process, look at though. this.
2: <laughs> Don't get the crayon on your tablecloth.
0: Let's talk lyrically, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I chase your every footstep and I follow every whim. When you call the tune, I'm ready to strike up the battle
2: hymn. I chase chase your every footstep and I follow every whim. When you call the tune, I'm ready to strike up the battle hymn. So,
0: okay, let's zoom out for a second, if, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind.
1: I don't have a choice. No. But I also conveniently do not mind.
0: I think that this song, you know, this song, I think you could you could easily lose sight of one of two important things. Okay. One is, I think that this song really takes its inspiration from a real dog.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like Mouse Police where, like, you could get away with stereotypes and stuff, but there's so much detail there's so much specific detail that he's clearly been observing these things
0: I absolutely I could not have said it better and but all at the same time I think that this song becomes especially in the later verses in the last verse a metaphor for the condition of having a home but also being a touring musician
1: yeah I I was going to ask you about that last verse I'm very yeah. it it is not clear to me how how that tracks into the dog feeling
0: right well i and that's why I think it really is about both. I think that sure. you know it would be a mistake to say it's about this or it's about this. I think right. that this song synthesizes observations of Ian's dog mm-hmm. his love for his wife, right, and his talking about the impulse of being uh, a musician.
1: Okay, so he follows his whim, is the impulse of the musician. However, when he comes home from those long stretches, he is the dog to Shona.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which really, like, I think solidifies that because I, I have in my notes here, we have a couple lines down My Lady of the Meadows mm-hmm. My comer of the Beach My Lady of the Meadows like the Again, to go back to Mouse Police, it feels like it's the relationship between Ian and this cat, or Ian being the observer to the cat, as opposed to this one, where it is the dog is the narrator, but he's not saying this to Ian. He's saying it to Shona, and, and that really that really makes it that much more poignant, I think, with with your, your point here is that it's it's the dog. But it's also it's also Ian, th- yeah, both I of think, them singing to Shona. I think it's Shona.
0: Ian recognizing in the dog certain behaviors and impulses that, that resonate with him. Yeah. You know, like if Shona asks him to do something, he will do it. His body will respond. He will <laughs> fetch the stick, whatever yeah. the stick is. Yeah. At the same time, if a squirrel runs by, boom, off he goes.
1: He will follow that whim. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I know. But I think that whim in this context actually refers to Shona's whim. I I chase your every footstep and I follow
1: every. I know. I know. I I I agree. But I think it could go either way. I think it is that easily distractible thing that a a dog Hmm. could feel. But also if he's if if he's full, like 100 percent attention on her, he will do whatever she wants.
0: But that is the condition of being a dog, isn't it? It's like every single thing is the most important thing and nothing else exists.
1: Until that next utmost important thing,
0: and then nothing else has ever existed. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So here's Nick where I want to bring in a little excerpt from the the book that I found.
1: Please. this is from Flute in my Underpants and Unauthorized Omen Biography. That's right. coming out soon. It's a biography, but it's still unauthorized. You wrote it. No one authorized but, but
0: it. but I did not I did not <laughs> authorize anyone to read it. All right. Now, there it this, is, is,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is from a
0: passion play, the story of Ian Anderson and mm-hmm. Jethro Tull by Brian Rabby, or perhaps Raby. We'll never know. In chapter 30, Ian Anderson's time bomb theory, mm. we have a quote from Ian Anderson. Whether you're John McEnroe and you've just lost the last point or you're on stage doing that sort of thing, you are like a time bomb. If someone touches you, or someone gets on stage who shouldn't be there, or something happens, you really would kill at that moment. (sighs) I wouldn't make a good bank manager. For example, because I'd be exploding quietly 12 hours a day and probably would have died of a heart attack or some evil cancer years ago. At least I think being lucky enough to get on stage and explode in a controlled environment is a fortunate occupation to have. He goes on. I think there are two sides to it. A lot of people who have pent-up emotions or surplus physical energy, the going-on stage is an outlet. It's a safety valve. I guess the same could be said for professional and competitive sports as well. A lot of people who are drawn to that sort of life are people who do have this tremendous excess of energy. I think people who, on a quieter level have an excess of creative energy might become obsessive landscape painters or novelists or whatever essentially it is a quite healthy thing to do if you are lucky enough to have that outlet so and then he goes on to sort of describe the how difficult it is for him to stay at home and how yeah. it takes him 2 to 3 weeks of being at home just to get used to that and he really craves being out on the road and I I think that that relates to this song in a really important way. You know, he, yes, he loves the person that he loves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, the dog loves the dog's master. But there is an excess of energy that can only be satisfied by running through the fields or yeah. going on, on a world tour.
1: Right, right. Uh, a quick callback to the, the landscape painter. That made me think of Jeffrey.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't think of that. That's funny.
1: Yeah, whatever your your running in the fields is, you know that's you take it. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, and that was the thing. That was the thing with Jeffrey. Ian was like, "Play the bass with us forever," even though you're not the best bassist. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh wow, I'm making so much money. You know, I'd really rather just go home
1: and paint. <laughs> I just want to paint." Yeah.
0: So I think you know, as we go through this song, the first the first stanza sets up this relationship with the dog, very kind of directly and literally, with mm-hmm. some gorgeous lyrics in there. You've mm-hmm. thrown the stick for your dog's trick, but it's floating out of reach.
2: You've thrown the stick beyond the street, but it's floating out of reach.
0: And then as it goes on, it transitions more into the dog inside Ian, which is making him go out and, and live on the road and perform.
1: Right. That switch... Those two kind of short stanzas, the one after I need the pillow of your hair, I'm simple in my sadness, resourceful in remorse. I love that line. I'm simple in
2: my sadness,
1: resourceful in remorse. I can relate to that line.
0: I I know you can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's, but it's also like that's, that's a dog that he's still like really embodying and encompassing the description of a dog. Like it makes so much sense to me.
0: Well, tell me more about about how that relates to to dog behavior. I'm simple in my sadness, resourceful in remorse.
1: Uh, it's it's very easy to bum out a dog, you know. <laughs> right. It is. I'm yeah, simple in true. my sadness. You know that that they a, all you got to do is is leave the house at the wrong time or or tell him to get off the couch. I mean, it all it all varies right. very drastically with the dog, but like I've seen seen Yuki be depressed, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and it's and when a dog is sad, it is a complete sadness that oh, yeah. permeates every fiber of their being.
1: Yeah, like you said earlier, there is only one thing at a time with a dog. Right. And and I think resourceful in remorse is kind of an allusion to how one portrays that sadness. Whether it's oh, puppy puppy dog puppy eyes. eyes yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like going and curling up in your bed and letting out a big sigh. A big dog sigh. Yeah. And then
0: and then the next line is then I'm down straining at the lead holding on
1: a windward course. Exactly. Instant instant change. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: And I'm down straining at the lead, holding on the windward
0: course. So then we get to this last stanza here. Strip me from the bundle. Yeah. This is the one where I think we start to lose the lead, as it were. And I think where we get more of the the picture of Ian.
1: Yeah, I agree to that. And I encourage your breaking down of that idea, because that's the only thing that could explain it to me, because I'm just really baffled with this, this dog analogy, this dog metaphor here with with this specific stanza
0: yeah well i think before we get into that I, let's let's go back to so slip the chain and i'm off again you'll find me everywhere because i'm a i'm a rover
2: so sit. You find me everywhere, cause I'm a Mm
0: rover. I just, just the line, you'll find me everywhere. If you have an energetic dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They are everywhere at the same time. Not in the, not in the way that a cat is where there's just sort of like, they somehow show up in weird places. Yeah. But they literally are just moving so fast and paying attention to so many different things that they are everywhere. Yeah. It reminds me of um, In the Marriage of Figaro by Mozart. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So in Largo al Factorum, it's actually by Rossini. um, So if you look up Rossini. Factotum. Factotum, yes.
1: The Barber of Seville.
0: Barber of Seville, yes. Okay which is about The Marriage of Figaro.
2: Oh.
1: Okay, I'm going to play my favorite.
2: Figaro! 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 Figaro!
1: Figaro! 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 Son Figaro qua, Figaro la, Figaro qua, Figaro la, Figaro su, Figaro ju, Figaro su, Figaro ju. Pronto, prontissimo, son comil fulmili, son il factotum de la città, de la città, de città, de città, de città. Do you recognize that at all? No, who was that? That was Robin Williams at the start of Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, why are we talking about Figaro? Because... That song is all about him being called everywhere in the city and doing everything at the same time and everyone saying oh Figaro Figaro come here come here come here and so and him saying ah bravo Figaro bravo very good fortunately for you I will not fail and Figaro's here Figaro's there Figaro's everywhere he's everywhere at the same time in tutti parti nella città that's the sort of impression that I get from you'll find me everywhere <laughs> Because I'm a rover. It mm-hmm. was a large digression, wasn't it? Uh, we we got there. We no. got there. But in that sense of, of being like a dog, being called to all places at once and being completely focused and having this excess of energy like he talked about. Because if you stood still, you would just blow up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And his being a rock star is the safest, most controlled way <laughs> to release that energy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy that I stumbled across that quote this morning while we were talking about this song. So let's jump into that last yeah. verse then. Strip me from the bundle of balloons at every fair, colorful and carefree, designed to make you stare.
2: Strip me from the bundle of balloons at every fair, colorful and carefree, They're designed to make you
0: stare. So we conjure this, this notion of the fair.
1: Which smacks of, of the boardwalk of that Blackpool Beach thing that we got all sure. the time.
0: Also of music festivals.
1: Sure. Sure, sure, sure.
0: Yep. And then we have this image of balloons. Now, I'm curious as to when in the history of Jethro Tull performances they started using those big inflatable balloons. Sure. I think it was a little bit later.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: But it does make me think of that. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we have here the image of someone connected to this, this buoyant lifting force and he's saying strip me strip me from that yeah strip me from all the trappings that are designed to make people stare at me
1: oh no see i saw it as take me out of the bundle so i'm i'm alone i'm i'm not a part of that bunch of balloons anymore it's just me you're taking me
0: oh that's interesting yeah pick me i'm the best balloon
1: yeah i'm the prettiest i'm i, I don't know
0: no i like that it's like you could have had your pick of the litter and you mm. chose me.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, and the same could be said for a dog. You know, if you get your, if you rescue your dog, you're going yeah. to to a shelter and you're picking a dog from presumably a bunch of dogs.
0: Pick me, pick me. Yeah. But I'm lost and I'm losing the thread that holds me down and I'm up hot and rising in the lights of every town.
2: But I'm lost and I'm losing the thread me down.
0: So the metaphor actually has shifted from dog to balloon. To, he's saying that he's the balloon. balloon. You picked me, you, you picked your favorite balloon, and here I am. Oops, but you've lost hold of the string, and now I'm floating up and up and up and away forever.
1: Yeah, and, and that that's why it feels more... Like, you pulled me from the bunch is because I'm separated and I am out of your hands now.
0: I think that, Meg, I I like, I think that your interpretation is the correct one. I also think that the way it's phrased, strip me from the bundle, I don't know, separate me from the colorful things for a moment so I can, like, be grounded. Oops, there I go again. There I
1: go again. Yeah, on on a whim or on the back of the breeze. Or on the back of the bees. On the back of the bees.
0: Yeah, the knee, I mean, on the knees of the bees.
1: Maybe that's what that is. Is it, you you can come up with any number of of analogies of things that move at a moment's notice with very little instigation, and and maybe that is that imagery of just Ian being kind of
0: blown kind by the winds, blown of, by the wind of the his own design away, and yeah. by the the world, the life that he's created.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. So anything anything more about Rover Omen.
0: Did you ever was this a song that ever that vibed with you that you ever really related to?
1: No, not necessarily. I because we've had this discussion in the past about Acres Wild, maybe?
0: Hmm, yes. That sounds right.
1: About being on the move all the time. That was never that was never a life that I led or had any desire to lead. So the idea of being a rover of being someone who kind of moves with little to no impetus at times it's just no i like I, I like a good solid steady place
0: or lots of impetus but no
1: direction or that too yeah 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 no it i like it for the dog feel not the <laughs> not the transient feel
0: yeah well as a former transient i i liked it for that feel and it and it for a little while i figure i think this was a bit of a a theme song for me or a, yeah. I could listen to this and justify the kind of extreme right. traveling lifestyle that I was living. And, and that sense of like,
1: oh, I want faith- to be faithful like a dog, but I have to run away because I'm a dog. I don't yeah. know. If Ian can get away with it, why can't I?
0: Yeah, that appealed to me in my yeah. 20s. Now I, I like it for other reasons and I think that I have actually a better appreciation of the lyrics and poetry of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I need
0: the pillow of your hair in which to hide my head. Mm.
1: To hide my head in.
0: In which to hide my head in.
1: (laughs) There it is. Yeah. So what's next week? Track two, side B. One brown mouse? One brown mouse. And it's a very special day next week. Tune in next week to find (gasps) out. Okay,
0: I guess I will. I can't wait to find out what is so special about next week and talk about one brown mouse. Until next week, you don't have to do anything To gain our canine devotion, except fetch for us five shiny stars and bring them back to us.
1: That's it. Keep laser focus on that one thing. That's the most important thing until it's done. And then you could do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, like go and dig, dig a hole. Maybe you'll find, uh, maybe you'll find a review down there in the hole that you can post to your pod place of choice.
1: What's that smell? Is it an old sock or is it a Patreon subscription?
0: Oh, that's the sock. I'm sorry. It's about the sock. Oh. I should have thrown that out.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's embarrassing actually. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, I am Nick McGill. I am Omen Sade. We
0: are feckless momes, and this is talk tall to me. <laughs>
1: balloons get your balloons here I got balloons
2: full of air uh, balloons over here as well uh, my uh mine are more colorful uh you probably noticed them from farther off and they've got they've got a special hot
1: air in them hotsitatsi uh, my 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 balloons will not burn your hands like that guy's balloons the air in there is way too hot. Mine is perfect temperature. It'll float at a perfect level. You you let go of the string, it won't go away. Balloons Never lose on a stick. Balloons.
2: balloons on a stick. No longer with hydrogen. Not after
1: last year. Stick. Oh god, I gotta innovate. Get a balloon stapled to any part of your clothing. Free staples. Buy the balloon. I'll throw in the staple for you. You,
2: um, make make your own balloon, kit. It's uh, we 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 got. I bet we got a vat of hot latex here, and you can make a balloon in any shape you want, even dip a body part into it if you want. little extra.
1: Free balloons for the kiddies if you buy an adult balloon for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Adult balloons, safety first. Safety first. Have a balloon, have some fun, and uh, give a balloon to your kids so they'll shut up and leave you alone.
2: I will not stop giving you balloons until you pay me. An infinite number of balloons... Uh, given to your child, oh, only defense is money.
1: Tell you what, I will throw in the balloon for free if you pay for the air. The air is cheap, the balloon, I'm losing, I'm losing money on this
2: You'd be losing money Jimmy. not to buy my balloons here.
1: I have balloons with the most famous logo you'll ever see. They say, talk tull to me.
2: And I've got ones that say, uh, proud member of.
1: Oh, and that one over there floating up, it says, uh, a member of the Feckless Mom's audio network.
2: Those are my balloons. Oh. Oh, no. New blood. It's Balloon Jimmy from Sheboygan.